0: This week on the show we have Nalish Murty. Nalish is an athletic performance physiotherapist working at the GWS Giants AFL team. He has a strong background in football medicine, especially in end stage sports uh, specific rehab. He has completed his football diploma and currently completing his sports physio degree. He has a special interest in hip and groin injuries and has a fever, uh, currently completing his fever diploma in football medicine. Before we start episode 56, the Prepare Like a Pro podcast mission is to empower aspiring athletes and staff with practical knowledge from some of the industry's most inspiring individuals and to strengthen the AFL community. If you like the show, please show your support by following us on Instagram and subscribe, subscribing to the YouTube channel. We've actually got a special giveaway for those that subscribe to the YouTube channel will get a free gift. Um, and also, we have our iTunes and Spotify. Um, so make sure to head over to those streams to catch the catch this uh, podcast and many more. Bear with me, guys. I am just going to invite Nalish to join us now. Here he is. There we go. There you go, mate. Yeah, going well, mate. Thanks for jumping on.
1: <laughs> You're right. This was um, uh, what two months or three months in the making.
0: Yeah, we got there. <laughs>
1: Persistence, <laughs> eh?
0: <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm going well, mate. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is the uh, the modern day way of catching up nowadays for us networking people in the industry. Yeah, Over, yeah, yeah, It is. COVID's um, up, COVID's poked a lot of holes, haven't it? It sure has. Uh, I'm, yeah, but I'm looking forward to this one, mate. Um, there's been a few that've reached out and and uh, given you plenty of love, so you've yeah, got nice res- respect in the industry. Let, let's dive in. Um, take us back to the beginning. At, at what age did you <laughs> discover? you had a uh, a passion for for performance, but also specifically in your area of physio and medicine.
1: Um, I think it's like every physio, um, physio's um, journey. I think I played sport, um, got injured, had good and bad experiences. Um, so from there, obviously the physio side of things kicked in. Um, I think, you know, came 10, 11, 12, um, and played football at an okay level. But um, I think when it all kind of came together was obviously um, football stop, but then you're trying to go, okay, cool, what do I want to do? Um, and that, yes, of course, you want to still be involved with in sport. It stops, but then, you know, it sounds pretty corny, but as a physio, or being a physio, I was looking forward to actually, you know, help. How can I help people? How can I, um, you know, make the impact? It does sound corny and very cliche, but um, they're the things that probably got me going. And then obviously being in sport, um, involved in sport all my life, I'm like, okay, what's, what's another way to continue being involved in, you know, something that I'm passionate in and obviously about sport? So that linked yeah. up really well. And I think physio kicked in to help people in a career in medicine and, you know, with, with a um, window to grow and become more, um, was mm-hmm. the path. And then obviously sport kicked in it was obviously like, you know, um, any, any, every male and female, you love it. And how do I bring that into my workplace? And it kind of all kind of fell together, mate. So, um, that's how, um, physio came in the picture. The, um, I didn't get a UAI or ATAR of 99, unfortunately. So I, yeah. um, Went the long way, which was um a good journey. Yeah,
0: yeah, nice. And can you recall the first physio that um, either worked with you as an athlete or or that you um that you met? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bruno Vidage and um Adrian
1: Vidage. I wouldn't say um looking back now I had the best management. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I think. You know, I don't think I, when I played um you know football or soccer as we call it um I didn't have the best management, and that's probably purely why um, I think um it made me itch to kind of be in the sport end or highest performance end of things um yeah because uh, and in the football world um, I personally think um the side of physio sometimes back in those kind of days, not saying that old, but was missed it was a lot of soft tissue. Yeah, jump on the bed, give you a flush, give you some, you know, static stretches and off you go. Um, play the sport. I'll bring the ice spray as well. I'm sure you've seen the ice yep. spray come out in the Euro, Euros. Um, so stuff like that obviously, um, burnt a hole in how I wanted to practice physio and where I thought was a gap. And obviously the industry is changing, um, year by year. And so it's moving in the right direction. So yeah, and I think that's how physio happened. Obviously, Working with multiple different physios, which obviously we'll get to, but um, they're the ones that probably have polished me in a way of a physio
0: that I want to become, and um, continue um, growing to. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So you, did you did you know at the time um that you know your management wasn't at, at an optimal level, or was it just sort of what you what you knew and you thought, geez, well, maybe yeah. this could be could be done better. Maybe I should pursue or, or do some homework myself, and that's where the the path started. Was it? Through help helping your own management, um, well, I think it, it was purely. I think first I, di- I didn't know. Um,
1: education wasn't a thing. Um, uh, I think you speak every physio know, education is an important pillar you have. Education wasn't a thing. It was a patch and dispatch. Put a band aid on it. Go play. Um, yep. you know, um, strength. And again, if you know football, no one goes in the gym. You, you don't lift. Um, you know, it, it's it's foreign. It's it's cancerous. You don't lift. You get sore and you get slow. Um, yeah, so um <laughs> which is a big contrast these days, but um that was how I ventured off. But obviously when I kinda met different physios within the sporting realm, um yeah. that probably occurred while I was playing and also um doing my bachelors um in sports science, which was my first undergrad. Um that's when I started seeing the different physios. Um and then I um obviously was, you know, very lucky to do my honest project, which, a project which actually involved the giants, and then I got a bit of a taste of oh wait. This is what a um you know, sports physio or, or a good clinical physio or a rehab physio or a performance environment looks like and this is what I've been missing. Um yeah. and from then I was like you now twelve years ago, oh it, yeah. And, and I was just like, Oh fuck, this is what it's like. There's no inferential machine here, there's no heat pack, there's no tense machine. Yeah. You know, guys yeah. are actually lifting tin, um and guys are running and, and they're modified and, and you know, so that's when I think everything started falling into place for me was this is what management is. Um Yep. And from there, I think my vision turned into I don't want to just become a physio to help people. I want to be a physio at, um, at the pointy end of things um, and, um you know, obviously continue my passion of, um, you know, being involved in sport and um, to some capacity as obviously, um, you know, one, a physio, but also as an individual because I think, um, you know, me being involved for, my ninth season now at the Giants, um, it, it's definitely developed like it, you know, growing me as a physio, but personally as well, you see the different side of things and, yeah, it's pretty good, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: so okay. It, so yeah,
0: how did you, for, for sports scientists, physios, uh, anyone in the field really, like how did you go about getting your, uh, getting into the GWS? You mentioned you did your honours there. Um, <laughs> yep. Take us through the, the steps. Yep. Did you reach out with someone at uni? Where was the connection with the club? Um, so I think
1: it all kicked off. Um, I did my bachelor's degree and, um, in the last year, team GWS popped up. Not too sure if yep. everyone knows how all that worked out. Um, uni sent an email. Who wants to get involved? And I think out of the cohort of 200 and something, um, three people sent an email through. Um, oh, really? I was one of the three. Yeah. Um, got involved and it wasn't much. Um, that's where I obviously met Lockie Walmart and you know, a couple of other coaches and stuff that are still around. Um, and it wasn't much. You were strapping, taking water out, and you were watching the physios, you were watching the docs. Um, and for me, obviously, that's, you know, better than nothing. Um, yeah. And from there, I think, you know, I've done, I did my honest project and um, I, I can say it now, it was a very tactical, my honest project, when it wasn't in terms of anything that I'd continue on um, because you know, I found out then the Giants were going to become a team. Um, I had a supervisor who wanted an honest, wanted me as an honest student. So I kind of approached the giants with a topic that they would be interested in. Um, and it was one obviously tick off, um, uh, honors thing to be, to set myself apart, you know, because you can easily go to undergrad, masters, get all the books and set yourself apart. And to be honest, I'd never do honors again. It was a tough year learned a lot by myself. It's a different, you know, realm of things in education. Um, yeah. But I used that to obviously get into the giants in terms of um, you know, communicating with them. Um, that went through um, John Quinn, yep. who you know, um, after you know, a couple of tough conversations, um, interviews, and he kind of said, "Yep, no raise. Well, let's do it," um, which is really good because what it did was, um, the, what do I say? Tactical. It was yes, I'm doing my honest project there, but it was it gave me the door to go. Okay, cool. I can put my foot in the physio end and say hi to the physio boys and. You know, show my interest and observe and um, get paid in knowledge and rock up and do hours. And that's how it all kicked off. Um, yeah. Eventually, um, obviously during that time, by that day, that on as you finish, I started my master's, finished that. I am obviously still doing hours of the Giants in terms of observing, um, watching, get hands on where I can. Obviously go watch, you know, back then we had a strength coach with all Wilmot, jump in the gym with him and ask the questions as you should. Um, so things like that worked out and obviously um, from there I had, you know, um, also in, yeah different mentors or, you know, figures um, in my career then early on which kind of pointed me in different different directions of, you know, observing is one thing but getting your hands dirty is another. So yeah. that kind of probed me to, you know, go work in different clinics. Um, um, I worked at two different clinics and um, also juggled the giants um, and then i Again, one of my mentors kind of said, "Hey, you can't be like every other physio because everyone, every physio wants to fill the gap to be the rehab physio or fill that bridge that gap of end stage. Um, you yeah. know, why don't you try to, you know, spread your wings a bit and become a great clinical physio? Um, you know, and go go spend some time and do some stuff at an osteopath clinic and, and other physio clinic. And from there, I think it all kind of panned out well together. And then um, going back, you know, like I think the big message you know, I remember, you know. I, by then, you know I'm working in the Giants. Um, you know we had Wilmot, David Joyce, you know Leroy, um, Timmy Palm, and all those guys, and Luke Heath. And I think collectively, I think you know I, I came to understand that, you know, I think the gap in the industry is that you know there's no kind of transition between physios and C or physio and end stage. But then the, there was a bigger gap where every physio wanted to be that end stage physio but forgot physio 101.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Um, which, you know, I think is a gap. And then it kind of nailed me to go, okay, cool. How do I become a great clinical physio and use this time to also, you know, spread my wings and, you know, observe, get my hands dirty because I'm at the Giants doing the rehab side of things and, you know, being involved with the strength side of things and then learn all the strength rehab stuff. So it's kind of been really good because um I wouldn't think my drives got me there. Um, I think the people that have influenced my career has got me there Um by conversations, you know, fucking up a couple of things. Um, you know, trying to think you're bigger than you are, then you realise, oh wait, you know, how do I not miss that? How do I miss that diagnosis? Or how, how is that management? That's what I've managed, and I'm, you know, like it, it kind of poked holes in my career early on. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And then it kind of took me back, going, hey, wait, like, you know, why am I trying to be this end stage physio guy when I haven't cleaned cleaned up my one on one physio skills, yeah, medical yeah? Skills? And I think now, you know, like it's maybe fast sport to 9 years into the giants and um you know I look back at it, I'm glad I've kind of take that taken that process and built it up that way because um, you know it, it makes you well rounded as a yep. clinician um, and also as you know yes the coach terms loosely used, but a, you know rehab side of things because you can understand day 1 day 2 and all the way to you know day 365 when they go back out on the pitch or wherever it is um to make, you know, like a valued physio and a um you know, with all the tools you need. Um not saying I've got that right now, but I think that's the vision I was kinda of um, you know, put into me eventually. So yeah.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I mean it's a good Topic around sort of like what you're mentioning, like you've got to be well rounded have that generalist approach and, and get your hands dirty if you're you know, in the medical world, not just stay into the, the the medical tent or the medical room, but get into the gym floor it's like I said with yeah. Lachlan or get on the on the field and, and watch a, a speed based session um, and then help out you know essentially, especially if you're working in sport with the rehab you've got to understand the, the demands of the sport and then how to be able to work in the gym floor work on the on the field. Work on the on the uh, uh, in the clinic uh, in terms of screening assessments and all that. So you yeah. have to have it all, but then ultimately yeah. you want to have, like you're talking about now, which your mentor mentioned, be really good at one thing too. Like have a specialist, have a specialty. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think have, people forget. Sorry, I just butted it in. People forget we're physios. Be good at our, mm. you know, our first pillar of things. Um, be good at that before you go be good at other stuff. Um, but I think on the back of what you said, I think the biggest important thing is you have got to start speaking. If you want to work in a footy club and I've, I've learned this, um, you know, over the time is it, you need to speak everyone else's language. Mm. You know, because no one knows your language. If you rock up as a physio, um, and you say, let's, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. It's not going to go far. you got to speak the strength coach's language. You're going to speak the high performance language. <laughs> you have got to know the coach's language. And, you know, ultimately, you want to know the performance department's um, philosophy, goals and where they're going.
0: And that's how you'll fit in. Um, within this space, I personally think. And and when did you recognise that? Like you mentioned, you're nine years in, so you've had great experience in that. Like, how long did it take to get there? And and um, how did you did, did? Was there mentors that helped build that awareness, or is that something that you've just learnt through adapting uh, in your career?
1: Yeah. Oh well. Um, definitely mental. Like, oh, I can't come here and sit on a speech that I work at different clubs. My, my training has been very different. I've been in the club, St. same club for nine years with three different high performance managers, four different head physios and other physios yeah. around me, and C coaches around me, and, you know, four different doctors as well. So I think being around all those individuals, and obviously there's highlighted of, you know, like I said, David Joyce, Wilmot, Yachira, pull off all those guys that are there at the moment, physio-wise, you know, you know Luke Heath and Colin Ball and Lira Lober, Tim Palmlock, all those guys, I think, unintentionally mentored me, if that makes sense, um, because I was around in you know, conversations and meetings and, like I said, you know, learn from mistakes and has this been communicated up the chain? Has, has, does the conditioning guys know he can't be doing, you know, change direction because he's doing this? And, and it's come from, you know, obviously being around it all. Um, yeah. and like I said, I'm grateful because it's not something you pick up on a textbook. Um, it, you pick this up by doing it. Um, and I think you, you, pick it up by, um, most importantly, standing back and acknowledging your, um, you know, I keep referring to fuck ups, but you know, your faults. Um, because yeah. if you know not all day one and you don't step back and, you know, evaluate yourself
0: and critique yourself and get better, you, you, you're not going to, you know, survive in the footy world. And you know, GWS, so they were starting out when you when you were doing your honours, you mentioned it was it was a tactical decision to get it almost to get a foot in the door, which makes a lot of sense and, and set you up. Um, were you looking at uh, you, you mentioned you played football, soccer. Were you looking at um, A League teams as well? Like what made you decide um, A It's funny, I never really had an interest in um
1: AFL at all, early days. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Um the goal was to, you know, become a Sports physio, or um, and you know, venture my way into the EPL and do the you know things that I've obviously been passionate about, watching you know, go to EPL, or go working in Europe. So that's still the somewhat dream. Um, it's 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 um a path that I think will take longer than I really thought if I want to think I'm the right guy to go overseas. And it's initially four years, and you're like, sweet, I'll play for all. Now I'm nine years in, I'm like, wait, I still got to tick off this, 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 this. And, you know, am I good at this? Have I polished the skill? I and mean, you'll never be perfect, but you are just going to be, like I said, aware of what you can and can't do and where you need to improve on. And that's the only way you'll improve. But, yeah. To, um, kind of go back to that. Yeah. That I got involved in the AFL and then slowly fell in love with it. Um, and purely because I think of the people that were around me, um, to, you know, mentor me and push me in the direction and show me, you know, and like David Joyce was one of them he he kind of you know pushed me direction to do different different courses and thinking outside the box like you know um exos course um you know done my strength level one and two and you know something more outside the box with you know I think it's you been really really beneficial um as the time's gone on is doing you know a leadership course and a couple done two leadership courses um because I think you know ultimately as your podcast highlights you know you want to be in football but I think, you know, in football, it's not just being, being about the better physio or the best physio, or best SSE coach. It's, it's about being, a, you know, you've worked in a football club. It's about being a good manager, being, you know, asset to the club and, you know, being able to communicate, learn the culture, systems and processes. That's how you survive. Um, yeah. but then you back that up with your good clinical skills as a physio or as a strength and condition coach, whatever your
0: assets are. So, um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that, mate. Take, take us through. You thought it would be, you'd, you know, be at the EPL like sooner. Well, for those that have similar ambitions and um, may not be at the level that you are, where they've had the experience at elite club at all, um, what what have you learned throughout your last experiences? You know, in terms of polishing those skills, what skills are you are you working on currently? Um, I think my initial thing was okay. Cool, I've done my masters.
1: I've done four years, I've run runs of the board. I've got the label of working in sport. They'll get me there. Yeah. Um, but then jumping on, I think, um, having multiple couple of interviews at different, different places, hearing those, um, hearing um, then jumping in or jumping in an interview and sitting there, someone asking you a question and you're just like, oh, that's physio yeah. 101. You know, I, I think they're the things. Um, so that's what's made me highlight. I want to become a complete physio. I think when I think i clinically comfortable, um, you know, been um, more of a senior role and been challenged, and you know, been in a position whereby to you know had had a conversation with the coach or coaching yep. department. Is I think that's when you know the stepping stone starts because if you follow the APO, it's not just being about a physio; it's about again surviving the rat race there. Mm. Um, so, and it, it comes down to having coaches and being able to manage players in different different European countries. Um, you know, like I said, football. Weights cancerous, you know, people don't want to lift. They're on legs every day, which is very foreign to, you know, the AFL world. you know, you've seen it. A players yeah. go on, on feet three days in a row, they don't. Um someone, yeah. you know, someone'll blow up. <laughs> so I think um I think I just want to be able to, you know, have a full armory and uh, This is a bit of a fear and rejection thing, I won't lie. Um, am I ready? Do I want yeah, to do yeah, yeah. and, you know, um not be ready for this? So um, but, you know, like I said to you, you know, three months ago we chatted and I think life comes in the way as well and that slowed me down, which is a positive because, you know, family and so forth, But we'll get there and I think, you know, we'll, there's a path. I
0: haven't planned it. It's paving itself and see where it leads. Yeah, I love it, mate. I lo- love the honesty as well. Um, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll dive into that topic of, of interviews uh, a little bit more. You mentioned, like, Quinny, with your honours, asked you a couple of hard questions and, and I'm sure... Uh, over your career, <laughs> you've had you've had plenty. Um, what, what off top of mind? What are what are some uh, challenging questions that you've had that stretched you, and and that would be good for, for listeners, like yeah. in, anyone in the field, to to, yeah. to wrap their heads uh, around yeah. on how, how they'd answer that question.
1: I think I still remember with Quinny. Um, I, st- I think I still remember with Quinny. He was basically like, don't know how the wording went, but basically like, why the fuck am I get you, mate? Like we've got we're just setting up the club. <laughs> um, I think I was like 20 20, 20, 20 yeah 20 I reckon yeah. I sat there I, I just was I, I panicked I, 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 as, yeah, you, as you well, would. obviously you, know, you google you google John Queen you google these people and um, I don't know what I said I said something that worked um, so <laughs> questions like that you're going to be ready you're going to get ready, you're gonna get ready for um, why, why you um, why are you so important because guess what everyone yeah. else is important as well because there's 200 and 220 people in my, um, 220 people have um, graduated, Um, why you? What's so special about you? Um, You know, questions like that, I think early days um, kind of got to me, how how have I set myself apart? Why why am I not like, everyone else has done a masters, everyone's done honors, everyone's done their sports level one, everyone's done their strength level one, why you? So I think um, they're the initial questions, how to set yourself apart. I think a lot of clinical questions, um, questions that I've probably, um, I think I've failed at were um, initially were um, putting it all together as a physio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think as physios at times we are really good at reading a textbook and understanding a concept, um, and not too sure how it works in the strength world. Um, understanding a concept, talking about the concept, diagnosing, but then putting it all together in the performance world is, is a complete different thing. Yeah. Actually. Right. Um yeah. It's it, how does it work within the program? Because you don't want to stop an athlete moving just because he's got a sore calf. What else can you do? What I can't do. And I think early days that's why I where I slipped up. Um and that made me learn because that came with time. Um mm. like like anything, you know, with time you learn, time you grow and with values you grow. So I think now within being involved and embedded within a club with different different ways it's gone, it's been good because um I've I've kind of, you know, seen the different ways of doing things and able to, again, put it all together. Um, so that's within the sporting realm and things. Again, like every physio question, you've got to be really sound clinically. Um, and as physios, you know, we're the headrests of the footy club, so, you know, you've got to be able to speak well, communicate well. Um, yeah. I think there's probably things I'd probably push over to make sure you, you're really good at communication, being honest, and, you know, and probably rule
0: number one, be a good person. Before anything, yeah, you've, you've got to learn pretty pretty quick in the in the elite world don't you and, and like you've alluded to many times um, you've got to be good at your craft but also be able to understand the environment and how to communicate with different different lenses whether it be the strength guy the conditioning person the athlete the coaches um, and like you've referenced and it's good for listeners to hear that the the importance of, of getting your hands dirty and, and giving yourself experience it doesn't matter what level it is whether it be juniors community level but practicing it in the real world, um, there's no better experience. Yeah,
1: is it? exactly right. Get, get your hands dirty and you got to remember your role is not the most important role. Everyone, everyone thinks their role is important. So you got to collectively work and put it all together. Um, but, yeah, rule number one, yeah. get your hands dirty, no matter what league it is, where it is. That's where you practice your clinical skills. Um, that's where you'll make your mistakes. That's, and that's when it's important to step back and understand those mistakes, accept them, and you know, learn
0: from it and get better. There'll be... Um, there'll be no doubt some, some young footballers tuning in and, and listening to this recording as well or, or maybe tuned in live. For those guys, like you've seen um, the best athletes at, at the highest level for, for nearly a decade now, what, what do they do well um, From from many? It doesn't have to be the the uh, medical world, but just how they prepare, how they train, game day, everything that you've seen that you've learnt yourself. What, is, what are some things that young footballers um, need to focus on, do you think?
1: I think the again being a one being a one club you've seen players come and go but we've also seen um you know kids from 2011 turn into men in 2012 and um at the giants um you know your original players I think what they do really well that they're consistent and, and they're, being, they're consistent at being a professional footballer it's not um within club hours but they're consistent at being a professional footballer uh, throughout their um you know week um and, and I think they they do the ninety nine percent of the stuff really well, and they hound in into the one percent of things. So they they tick all those boxes. And you know, if like I said, the footballers are listening, you know, our, our boys would um, be going to you know recovery centers on the days off, um, you know, doing the prep pre training. Um, they'll be doing the extras post gym. That'd that, be related like to tendon loading, you know, or extras in terms of their past history of you know, shoulder injury or knee injury. Um, and I think one of the big difference, big different things, I've realised in players and reckon players that have probably come from other clubs initially when they're old, older, and probably you know um, had the balls to ask, is ask questions and challenge us. Why am I doing mm. this? Um, I think that well kind of helps. We had a couple of players come through, like for example, Made De is as an example, in Freo. Frio. Um, you know, it's a, it's a healthy challenge, um, not not challenging your role, but you know, he asks and intrigues, and I think that's what actually sets players apart. And again, you're a football, I'm, like a football. You're not an academic. The players want to know. Cause, yeah, know, they're curious. That, they're curious, and again, like 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 they're not just footballers. They're adults and teenagers and people like us. They want to know what's going on, and you know that they have obviously um, have trust in us because they have their careers with the injury in their hands, and obviously they want to have respect in us too. So that, I think it counts out all a like that too. Yeah.
0: And then um, when you're taking on um, a new athlete that you may not have worked before in a a rehab sense, um, how do you go about building rapport and and building that buy-in, that trust uh, early days? What are some of your big focuses?
1: I think you've probably ticked off the two things I'd probably love to talk about is trust and respect. Um, I think they're the biggest things you need before you start throwing them Things at them, and this is a process obviously you know, in the rehab, like a long term rehab realm or short term, whatever it is. Um, you know, like I said before, that they've basically put their trees or injuries in your hands, so you want to build those trusts. And you know, I think initially it's about being black and white, honest, sitting down, talking timelines, um, setting expectations is really important. You know, when you sit down with the athlete, um, not being fluff and like all rehab, you know, we've all seen that rehab graph, it never, it's never a nice, real straight line, It's ups and downs, mm-hmm. and then highs and lows. But I think. Um, they're the big important parts. And I think most importantly, I think, you know, you've got to stop treating all of them like footballers. Treat them like, you know, teenage and adults. They're also people. I think they'll be get caught up on tucking our shirt in and chucking, um, you know, the textbook at them. And um, this is what we're doing and this is what the science says. And I think, you know, you'll get nowhere because you won't get buying. If you start off like that, you're definitely not going to get buying. There's players who respect it. Um, and I think I've, you know, I've been lucky because I've been younger, so I haven't, been able to do the tucking, throw a textbook, shirt, you know, being at the athletes because i I'll be too scared to. But um, yeah. I think I've been able to obviously, you know, grow within that realm where build built trust and respect. And, and, you know, when you actually have an honest conversation with them, they're taken on board. Um, and, you know, within that comes, you know, like education. So that's within the rehab realm. And when you sit and speak to them, this is what you got, this is what's happening on, this is what's happening, mate. You're not drinking... Blah, 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 you know. So, um, I think it, that's the big key education. And obviously, then, you know, you go through your training prep stuff, you know, in the rehab side of things, you know, before, you know, we kick off. These are things that you need to tick off. Obviously, we prescribe it for them, but this is where you need to be ticking off. I don't need to hold your hand. You know, if you're an adult, blah, blah. I, th- I think if you give them that, it works really well. Um, if you hold their hand, you're setting them up to fail and you're also setting yourself up to fail because the day you've got six, Ten, twelve rehabbers, and you're holding all their hands. You're just running around mm. in circles, and you're not providing, you know, one the service you need to. And two, you're doing wrong by them because they're just waiting on you. And you know, it's just a, it's a complete mess. Um, I think one of the big, also another thing, you know, you want to make sure you hone down on is um reporting. Um, you know, within the rehab space, you know, you've been involved as well. Yeah, I'm all good men. Yeah, I can sprint. Have your skills fine. And then yeah. two days later, oh Hammy's sore, I didn't toy you. Hammy's been tired, but I really want to play on the weekend. And it goes back to, you know, trust and respect and education, Yes, you can see all time really well together. Um mm-hmm. and I think, you know, if you show them those pieces, I think it works really well. Um and I think the last thing I think mean, I'd probably put in that rehab space is um I think working within an SNC coach shop, but um and the SNC coaches do this really well, but I think exposing your athlete within the rehab side of things to all key fundamentals or Movement competencies, as we like to call it, um, you know, so they're, um, you know, bulletproof or, you know, um, competent in all areas before they exit rehab. Yeah, so they're the little global things I probably work on. I know you can talk in different streams of what you want to address, but I think they're the big key pillars, mate, trust, respect, you know, education, training prep, uh, teaching them, you know, or teaching them your fundamentals of programming and so forth, I think, so they become the complete athlete
0: yeah love it and ultimately that that communication and and relationship that like you touch on with the trust and respect if if it's not there you know, you know you'll have your plan, but that that recipe that plan will have to you know change uh at times, but if the athlete's not letting you know that the it's tight or that they're feeling certain symptoms then and there, then you can't really influence the situation and and pivot when you need to um which doesn't get the best result so love that mate great great pillars and, and thanks for sharing. We'll start to wrap it up, mate. It's been a great chat, and, and thanks so much for your time. No what are you excited about for for two thousand and twenty one? What's on the horizon for you this year, mate? Two thousand and twenty one um, is a bit of a personal year. We've had our
1: first child, um, so um, congratulations. My, uh, it's a very um, left field answer, but I think concentrate on family life and because I'll then probably get this back. Um, the early days of you know him not running around and I can actually control it, being home for shower shower time stuff like that. That's the biggest goal I've got actually at the moment. Um, being Love that. Man um yep. it's we get so caught up and you know our space doesn't help in terms of football sporting world we just get caught up on our identity being in sport work 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 um you know work for sunday play the game win or lose start again monday so i think being present is the biggest goal for 2021 um professionally um I think you know to push myself into more of a senior um positioning a role and so forth would be the biggest goal and that would be within Giants or elsewhere. It would be interesting to see where it goes, yeah.
0: Absolutely, mate. Well, I'm looking forward to um, seeing how your journey, like you said, how your path goes um, and uh, love that final message of being present. I'm, my son's two years old, so uh, you've got awesome. plenty of he'd be, and... Yeah, he would be <laughs> running you around by now. So. He sure is. They so keep <laughs> us busy and it's a fun journey to be a part of. Uh, like you said, it doesn't happen again, so cherish it while you can I appreciate it awesome we'll speak soon mate thanks again for jumping on no worries and thank you for having me um, so I appreciate it cheers mate awesome so. thanks mate ciao ciao thank you for listening to the prepare like a pro podcast if you like this episode it would be a massive help if you could like follow rate give a review or even share with your mates the show is recorded in Melbourne Australia be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.